get down to the guts of it? How do you learn best? And that's our responsibility as as educators. It's our responsibility not to do what we think needs to be done, but what they need. Hey, it's Zach, and I need to interrupt a moment because we are doing an incredibly exciting thing that requires your participation. Once a month, we will be featuring a teacher challenge on an episode and attempting to tackle the challenge between the four of us on the show. We want to hear from you about the challenges you might be facing in your classroom this year. Every teacher featured will receive a gift card, and at the end of the school year, we will draw a name randomly from all those who shared to award a $100 gift card. To share a challenge and earn a chance to win, simply call our number and leave a message. That number is 616-965-6606. Again, 616-965-6606. This is Transforming Learning. Welcome back to Transforming Learning. I'm Zach. I'm here with Amy. And for episode 59, Amy, you spoke with Liz Smith, and she is a high school teacher from Muskegon. Tell us a little bit about Liz. Liz teaches social studies at Muskegon High School. And uh, we talked about a cogenitive dialogue or cogen. And this is. Um, inviting the students into the conversation and decisions about how the classroom should run and how they should learn rather than all of that being directed by the teacher. Definitely. So for this episode, Liz will share a little bit about her experience with the concept as well as some examples in her classroom. So let's go right to your conversation with Liz. Jimenez and I am talking today with Liz Smith, a social studies teacher at Muskegon High School in Muskegon, Michigan, and she is going to be talking about cogenitive dialogue or cogen. And so Liz, can you tell us a little bit more about this? Absolutely. Um, I began my research on cogenitive dialogue and ultimately cogenitive classroom management and pedagogy when researching my master's thesis through Grand Valley State University. I came upon the author and brilliant educator, um, Christopher Emden. In looking at his work, he truly touched the spirit of everything that I always wanted to create in my classroom, which was empowering students by allowing them to utilize their voice, not just in response in the classroom, but actually leading the educational piece in the classroom um, where the teacher is truly the facilitator and allowing the student to take hold of what they are doing in the room. Um, Not only does it empower students within any socioeconomic class, any race, um, it has the power to do that, but specifically with inner city students struggling um, to maybe even find a voice in this crazy world that we're in, it truly helped me figure out Um, my strengths as an educator and it allowed me to give my students an opportunity to own what they were learning. Awesome. So can you give us an example of what this looks like in your classroom? Okay, so last year I tried to 
give the students an opportunity to kind of feel it out and I started with small groups of students and really asking them how do you like to be taught and how do you love to learn and so many teachers I think no matter your age group as a teacher or how many years of experience you have you always have a belief that that the way you were taught or the way that you like to learn is the best way that kids will respond and that's certainly just not true uh, you have so many different learning styles in every one of your classrooms, and actually each of your classrooms is its own microorganism, and it's not fair to treat each classroom as if it is a carbon copy of the one that you had before, one year to the next, or even one hour to the next. And so I started with a small group of students. I would just have them in for lunch, and we would just start talking, like, hey, how would you like to learn this? And I would talk to them about the unit that we would be doing, and um, they just said, you know what, we don't want to to be always doing work out of a book, for example, which I never really did anyway, but, or we don't want to just be doing, you know, the same thing on Monday, the same thing on Tuesday. This is how I like to learn. And they would give examples about chop up the class, do every 10 minutes, do this and do, you know, do, do something else. And sometimes it would be on the computer and you'd be really surprised. Not all students really and truly gravitate toward technology every single time. Some of them do like to get down and nitty gritty and get into books and understand how the books are written and why they were written the way that they were. It's not just about technology for all kids. So it's kind of unfair of us to assume that just because we're in a world of technology that that's the way that they prefer to learn. So it was ma like magic. I mean, as soon as the kids started telling me the way that they wanted to learn, it flipped a light bulb on for me. And I just said, you know what, let's go with it. But I'm not going to keep doing the same things every day. Let's change it up. And um, they started to master. My, my data went from a 77% average to a 92% average. Um, and I'm talking, you know, 144 students last year. It was incredible. And obviously, you're not going to reach every single kid this way. But um, the data, since unfortunately we are data driven in all of the things that we do as educators, it provided the data for to allow me to continue on with this work and I was just floored. Now the way that Chris Emden um, originally wrote it was school wide and if I, I mean, pardon me if I'm if I misread anything or if anybody else you know read into Christopher Emden's work differently, but um, he wrote this so as to approach the ownership of the education from an inner city standpoint and to teach educators to allow students to feel empowered and so that's why I really wanted to to break this into my room now what it looks like this year as I started talking about how I began to implement it was I started out like let's create a, a classroom culture let's set our own rules I allowed the students to actually set the rules for the classroom while still of course following the rules of the school I allowed them to say this is what we want our classroom to look like when we come into the room this is the expectation this is what a citizen that is big red best which is believing in, in themselves believing in greatness being respectful, excellent, dependable, and safe, they um, they decided to write their own classroom culture, and it started with that, and then it and then the experience morphed into how do you want to learn.
let's see. Our second unit was um, I do a little bit of backtracking for world religions so that they can understand the motivations between, um, I'm sorry, rather behind warfare and moving on in world history. So my students have told me the different ways that they like to learn. So I give them a ton of choice in my room. So every time that I create an assignment, I create it um, contextually for my visual learners, for kiddos that prefer um, learning verbally. So they will meet with me in small groups. And I have students that are very introverted that like to work alone. Um, I have usually the more difficult assignments are created for them. Once you create the assignments, it's really easy to just save them in Schoology or put them you know in your files and you always have them so don't look at it as an extra task rather that rather than an investment and once you have your all your different learning styles met in class they can either go through small group learning where they have 20 minute stations you could do that for a half of a class period or if you needed to an entire class period where they're working independently as long as the learning targets are being brought back in, reined back in at the end. And so today, for example, my students were learning about Judaism. They all got the precursor story via the way their class wanted to learn, which was through um, visuals and through a five minutes or less of notes, which is what their class declared. Then they were given a choice. Do I want to learn from a text? Do I want to learn from a web quest? Do I want to learn directly from Coach Smith, which is me? Or do I need to um, look at a video on Schoology and get some first-person experience through an interview with um, some Jewish citizens in Chicago? Then you allow the students the choice that they have declared beforehand about how they prefer to learn. That's great. And I think when they have that choice that then they're going to be more invested in the actual learning activity as opposed to just something they have to do. It's actually something they're choosing. Absolutely. Um, so if other teachers want to start implementing this in their classroom, um, what would be, a, where, would, where could they start with this? Well, my suggestion would be is to start small. First, you have to admit that, that you're willing to change that is the first thing if you're looking at your scores or your relationships with kids and you're like you know what i have a lot of room to grow here not meaning that you're doing anything bad but just n noting that you can be doing something better or different so it's really just first about acknowledgement so you have to be willing to know that you have room to grow then the next step is to start small with a small group of kids maybe just from one hour and say hey let's change things up a little bit are you guys willing to meet during lunch and just have a casual conversation you know go and grab a couple five dollar pizzas or whatever and get the kids with you into a place of trust where they don't feel like it's you versus them they feel like they're totally on the same page as you and um, start asking them how do you learn best they might be nervous at first if you don't have a relationship with them they might just say oh you're doing everything fine the way you are you really need to just say, hey, you're not trying to impress anyone. Let's just get down to the guts of it. How do you learn best? And that's our responsibility as, as educators. It's our responsibility not to do what we think needs to be done, but what they need. So just starting small, being willing to admit that you have room to grow and um, really hear your kids. Don't assume that they're being apathetic if they're being lazy in your class. That's wrong. It, it does not mean they're being apathetic. It means that you're not reaching them. All kids can be taught. You just have to learn what their currency is. That's great. Thank you.
And if our listeners want to get in touch with you, how can they best connect with you? Oh, certainly. If um, if anybody wants to get in touch with me, my email is lsmith and the number one at mpsk12.net. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast today, Liz. Oh, it's my pleasure. Wow, that was a profound conversation. That was really interesting. Yeah, and I actually sat and observed in the back of her class one day, and you can tell from the minute the students walk in the door that they have so much respect for their class, for the teacher, for what they're learning. And I think a lot of that has to do with the respect that she gives the students. They have a lot of choice in their learning and how they're going to learn and who they're going to work with. But she also gives each student a lot of support as well. So it was a really awesome thing to see in practice. Absolutely. So for the listeners here, if you're wondering whether or not Liz's ideas do what she says they do, then you got to see it in action. That's awesome. And I really appreciated when Liz articulated that as educators, it's our responsibility to ensure that students can learn. And she goes so far as to say can learn in ways that work for them. So no lacking of bold statements from Liz Smith here, but at the heart of it all is trying to help students and help students learn. Thanks again for listening. If you haven't yet deduced, at CBD, we believe the best kind of professional growth comes from conversations with other professionals. So we have devoted ourselves to ensuring any educator anywhere can have that opportunity. Our virtual coaching service guarantees that. Check us out on cbdconsulting.com slash elevateedu. You can share thoughts with just an email or quick text or dive right into a conversation by phone or video chat. We look forward to hearing from you.